0: The Woodside Church Podcast. Good morning and good to see all of you this morning and uh, it is a privilege to bring you the word of God on this glorious beautiful World Cup Sunday. <laughs> and uh, yeah I was following the news actually and now it happens that every nation is singing it's coming home. <laughs> so we never know until uh, 18th of December we'll know where it comes home. God, our Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that this is the day you have made so that we rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we shout your name this morning. And we pray that God, as we meet as a family, to hear your word. We pray that, Lord, you help us to see you in every single word. Not only hearing you, Father God, but receiving and obeying the word. Yeah. We thank you because you love us so much. And your love endures forever. Amen. Thank you for this beautiful family, Father God. I praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Alright, so this morning we continue with the series that we started last week. Uh, the, the Christmas series. And, and as we, we think about this, we'll be looking this morning into what we call the sound of promise. That's the topic we'll be looking at uh, this morning. So if you are not here last week, I just want to take you back to where we stopped last week. So at this point in time, we have the promise that being fulfilled for Zechariah and Elizabeth. So the child, John, is born, which is a long wait, long wait until now. So everybody, the Bible says, everybody was filled with joy because finally... The promise is fulfilled. And we had last week how this this comfort, how this long wait wait time has come to an end. But we stop at the point when now the father, Zechariah, was silent for the last nine months. And he was not even to say a word, even when the child was born. And now we'll be looking this morning into when his, his tongue is loosened to, to talk. And finally, had to say something. And we remember last time when we, we stopped that they were given a name to the child. So the child now is called John, which was not a name familiar to so many people. But then we, we heard last week, what does it mean? So now the father, Zechariah, has to speak the first time. And when somebody is silent, listening, maybe receiving and obeying, it is very interesting to know what else they have to say now when they speak. And this is what we see this morning. Now, I have to say, first of all, that God promises are true and amen. Yes. So whenever God promises something, it is just that. Now, the big, God's biggest story, the Bible, is full of so many promises. When we start from Genesis to Revelation. So when God promises, it fulfills, it comes. Yeah. When God promises something, it happens. Yes. The only difference, the only conflict we have with God's promises is the timing. <laughs> because usually we say, "We well, want it now? But God will say, no. And that's the conflict we have. I want it now, no, but it will happen in his own time. And one of the things I really like about God's promises is that when it happens, it is beautiful. So he makes things beautiful in his own time. And that's why waiting for him patiently and having comfort in prayer, in serving God, in listening to him, in trusting him, in knowing that he would fulfill the promise, that's the part that gives us joy and happiness to move on. So maybe many of us are still waiting for God's promises. But actually, God's promise is a covenant. It is a covenant. And when he says it, it happens. And that's why we rejoice with Zechariah this morning. So we'll be reading, I'll be reading just, um, we'll be looking to verses from 67 to 80. And this is now the first time his tongue is loosened. He has to talk now. And this part of, um, of the, the Gospel of Luke is called uh, Zechariah prophecy. And some people call it Zechariah song. And we know stories of songs, you know, um, and, and all this. So now, verse 67, starts with something really, very really interesting. And I want us to, to, to listen to this. Now, this is the first time for him to speak. So let's see what he has to say. He said, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, I I already like this part now, filled with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, this time, people were not familiar with the Holy Spirit, even when Jesus uh, started his ministry, people were not familiar with the Holy Spirit, and so many people, so many disciples were Uh, actually, disciples of John the Baptist. So when they were asked about the Holy Spirit, they said, we have never heard of the Holy Spirit. But now, Zechariah, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is what he had to say. First, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from the old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we uh, being delivered from uh, the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all, uh, before him all our days. And you, now coming to John, you and you child, you will be called the prophet of the Most high. And you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the, um, so whereby the, the surprise, the sunrise, sorry, shall visit us from our high to give light to those. I will sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The word of God. Now, this is very interesting to hear this part now because basically Zechariah, beginning to talk, he's supposed to talk about the son John. Because that's the only song they, ha- the only son they have, the only child they have now. But now we realize that actually, as he began to st- to talk after being silent, he praised God first. After silent, praising God, he said, "Praise God, our Father, who has made His promise to be fulfilled." And now we realize this part uh, of the verses that we've just read, they're not about John. So he goes back to the promise of God in the Old Testament, the promise of the coming of the Messiah, the King. So many people have been waiting for this time to come. Now, Zechariah would be a person who knows very well the promises in the Old Testament. He knows what the covenant God had with Abraham. Abraham. He knows the covenant with Moses and the people of Israel. He knows the promise to the promised land. He knows now, even in the promised land, they had kings, three kings. Then after that, they were were taken to captivity because after Solomon, if you you remember, after Solomon's death, the kingdom divided into two. The north was called Israel, the south was called Judah. Now, after just few few years, after their first uh, few years, like after 100 years in, in, in the promised land, when they were ruled by judges, then they had kings. Now, after the death of Solomon, the kingdom divided into two: the north and the south. Now, the source was taken to captivity by, by, by Assyrian, while the source was taken to captivity by Babylonian. They were the empire that ruled. Uh, before, uh, before Christianity. Now, all this difficult time, now, after 70 years, of course, people came back you know, to Judah. They built the temple, rebuild the temple again. They rebuilt the wall again. They started life again. They had three prophets. One was called Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. These are the three uh, prophets who prophesied after the exile. Now, Malachi is, is the last prophet in the Old Testament. And there was a time of quiet time, about 400 years, no prophet from God. And now, John, the child, is considered to be the first prophet ever after all this time, a real prophet from God. And that's what we call the quiet time. So this occasion should be about John. But actually, Zechariah said, no, it's not about this child, it's about the promise. The promise of God. And that's why he praised God for redeeming his people. He remembered Jesus, the Messiah, who was supposed to come because actually, during the 400 years, it was very difficult time. They were ruled by Greek Empire, they were ruled by uh, uh, Roman Empire, and things became difficult. So God was preparing people, really, they wanted the Messiah to come, even though they had different idea about the Messiah deliberator. But people just were thirsty to see him. And at this point of in time, that's where people, everybody was about to welcome the Messiah. Because they have not heard from God for a very long time. We are very lucky and very lucky because God speaks to us every day. But they had 400 years, no profit from God. And they were like, wow, we cannot do this. We, we need the Messiah. <laughs> and now Zechariah knows all this. That's why he begins praising God. Now, he praised God for his salvation. And salvation comes only through the Messiah, the king, the son of the living God. He also praised God for his son. So this is back, back to the promises of God. And now we can understand when we read Luke chapter 10, and especially verse 24. Jesus says, literally, when the disciples were sent two by two to go and preach and share the good news. So they came back, all of them, and they were very happy. You know, they rejoicing in the Lord, glorify God. And they say like, you know what? Even the evil spirits obeys our commands. They were really, really happy. And Jesus tells them, yeah, well, This is now part of your mission. I have given you the equipment you need, the resources you need to go and do your work. But you have to be now rejoicing because your names are written in the book of life. Then in verse 24, he tells them the truth. And this is what we see here. Jesus says to the disciples that what you see now what you hear now, what you are having now in your daily life, what you have just seen. He said to them, there were prophets, kings, so many, so many people in the Old Testament who wanted to see this, but they were not able to see it. But now you see it. The disciples didn't know the the importance of the moment, you know, they just thought, wow, we have the power. They said, no, this is a moment, a glorious moment in time because the promises of God in the Old Testament are now being filled and you are living witnesses. So that's why the salvation um, comes first now. And and the other thing, he also um, prophesies now about John being the prophet of the Most High. And this is now the first time to hear this word prophet against John, because when John was born, people were expecting him to be the Messiah. People come to him and say, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm just preparing the way for him. And that's why when he sees Jesus, he said, this is the Lamb of God. This is him. This is the Messiah. This is the one we have been waiting for. This is him. And it's not me. So he prays God for, for the salvation. Now, one of the things we see here is the emphasis on the coming of Messiah. Because this time now is the time when God has made it possible. Everything is ready for people to see, finally, the most weighted promise. The promise of the coming of Messiah. The son of God, the king of glory, the one who their ancestors waited for a very, very long time. And now it happens. Then we see at the end that he goes back to the covenant with God and Abraham. When Abraham was promised you will have so many children, <laughs> all right? he didn't believe that, of course, because that was too late. But that promise with Abraham and God, he now comes back to it. So basically, he's saying that this child is actually preferring the biggest promise of God to be fulfilled the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. That's why he rejoices. That's why he praised God. That's why he had a song to sing. The name of the Lord. Now, usually, people have different reactions when promises of God are fulfilled in their lives. Some people will cry, some people will will sing a song, some people will be happy, some people will be... Anyway, each one has different reaction when a promise is fulfilled. But this is just an example of how waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled brings joy and happiness into us. And then bringing back the glory to God. Because this time, Zechariah would have done something different. But he decided not to do something different, just to praise God. And that's why he says, because he's now being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's no way to prophesy without being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no way. Because the prophecy, actually, prophets in the Old Testament, you know, prophet was an office, like, uh, you know, priest, like Levi. So it was, they were like the evangelists, the one to take the word, to bring the word from God. And some of the words were really very difficult. You know, words of judgment, words of encouragement. So God had to tell them to go and preach this word to the people. And that's why we remember now you know, some of them were really apologizing, said no, I cannot do this. No, I'm a child, Jeremiah says. Most say, I'm, I cannot speak well. So basically, it's difficult to be sent to tell people about the promise of God. Now, what does this tell us about promises of God? This is just an example of when God promises, it happens. And when it happens, we have to know exactly why it happens, and what do we need to do about it? Because one of the things we need to, to remember here is that when God promised and there's a waiting time, usually our enemy is to forget, is to forget. You know, sometimes even we pray for something, then we forget if we don't take notes. Sometimes things are fulfilled in our lives but we don't even know them because we don't know them anymore. We don't pray about them anymore. But this is what we see here. So we see now that God has kept his promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth. The promise that had been waiting, it now happens. That's a personal fulfillment of the promise to them. And God also has done it in a way that it will, they will, glorify god because one of the things to happen when 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 god speaks to us and we hear it we receive it we obey it sometimes we can turn it to be about us you know yes <laughs> you know at this age i have a child wow that's wonderful that's glorious so many people are not made it but actually it is about him so we have to know the heart of of the promise So John now is the first prophet to tell people that, be prepared, be ready, repent from your sins, because the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming, the Lamb of of God is coming. And and that was a very difficult mission, by the way, because people now forgot even what kind of, of prophet they had in the Old Testament. They've never had any prophet. Now the first prophet comes, dressing uh, very strangely, (laughs) you know, and eating something, things that were not eaten by many people, and telling people about Messiah. People will say like, wait a minute, are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. But because of the power of God, so many people repented. And that's why when the disciples, um, you know, were chosen by Jesus, many of them were actually disciple of John the Baptist, because they prepared their hearts. The only thing they missed was the Holy Spirit. The only thing they were waiting for was the Holy Spirit. And now, when Jesus comes, it was not strange for people to hear that because John has already uh, told them about it. And that's why we should trust God's promises. We should trust God's promises. I don't know what is the promise you are waiting for. Personally, as a church, as people of God, what are the promises we remembered this morning that are not yet fulfilled? Whatever that promise is, we need to trust God's promises. You know, that's, that's actually the difference between human prom- promises and God' promises. I can promise you something now, but because of my limitations, I can change my mind. <laughs> I can forget. We, we've promised so many people, you know, so many things, especially in marriage, for example, we have promised so many beautiful things, you know. So many beautiful, when we put this ring on. But actually, when life goes on, we find that it is really difficult to be fulfilled, or we become not honest. But God is not like that. God is not like that. He's not a human being. He just does what he promised. And that's why we have to trust him. And we can also now trust God and believe in his promises because of his character. He's not a human being. God never says something and he will not do it. If you promise, that promise will happen. But now sometimes, if I promise you something, you will have to see whether I will fulfill it or not. But for God, no. His character is like this. His love, His promise. When he says something, it happens. That's why we, 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 um, we can promise, we, we can um, believe in His promises. And also, God doesn't change. You know, God doesn't change. <laughs> and that's 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 the most important thing we need to remember. We need to remember the character of God. We need to remember the attributes of God. God is unchanging. He doesn't change. He doesn't come tired. He doesn't say something today and, and tomorrow saying something different. No. He is always honest and faithful all the time. And that's why when we sing the song, all my life you have been faithful. That's, that's exactly what it is. So he's faithful all the time in our life. We can also uh, believe in God's promises because God is the final standard of wisdom. Do you know, there are so many wise people in the world. God has given us also his wisdom. But actually, God is the final standard of wisdom. So he knows exactly, when he promised something, he knows that's good for you. That's good for you. That will work well for you. That will help you to see him and to to do what he promised. That's why it is important for us to to remember this, that whenever God promised, we have to say yes and amen. You remember um, Jesus Promised the disciples at the end of the gospel of, of Matthew. You know, after giving them the commission, the great commission, and and what they had to do, then he promised them something. The disciple didn't actually understand why he had to say that. He tells them in Matthew chapter 28: I will be with you. <laughs> I will be with you till the end of the age till the end of the earth. Now the, the, the disciples didn't didn't actually know or understand why he had to tell them this that I will be with you always. But after that, when actually they had to go now and build a church and preach the gospel and share the good news, they would see now the persecution, they would see the difficulties, they would see now that they need Jesus. They need him. And he knows that they know that he's with them all the time. And that's why God promised in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but, after so many verses from 1 to 7, then verse 8 says, but, most importantly, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes into you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, when he was promising this, the disciples were like, "Wow, well, let's see. <laughs> but actually, just chapter after that, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came into them. And Peter, who was just very shy... Just very afraid. You know, they were just thinking now about, about themselves. And John, uh, the gospel of John tells us that even some of them went back to fishing. Yeah. Because now the Lord is not here. Yeah. But what happens? The Holy Spirit came into them. Yeah. Peter, who was like never preached before this one, you know, to, uh, to so many people. He stood up. Yeah. And said, no. These people are not drunk. And he tells them exactly what we hear from this reading, he went back to the promises of God in the Old Testament. He preached the old gospel, the old the old Bible, actually. You know, the, the scripture from the old, what God said, what God said, what God said. And now it is fulfilled today. It is fulfilled today. The coming of the Holy Spirit. That's why they are not they are not drunk. They are crazy with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because people have to, to, to hear them speaking that the languages chow, 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 I said, no, they're drunk. I said, no. And as a result of that fulfillment of the promise of God, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the church was born. Yeah. 300, Three thousand people came yeah. to give their life to Jesus. And that was the beginning. Yeah. The tsunami of love. Yeah. That they went without any fear, yeah. preaching the gospel because now The promise is fulfilled. That's why it is all important for us that we need to to believe that God is always faithful. I don't know about you, but for me, I can testify that God has been faithful all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Forty years ago, I left my family without any plan. I left them without any plan. I was just a child. I was just going to visit my sister during school summer day. I've never been back home. But I can tell you in 40 years, God has been faithful all the time. And especially the last 35 years, when I've been a Christian. I see God, I've been through difficult times. Now tell me anything difficult, I will tell you that I've been there. (laughs) Anything difficult, I've been there. But God has been faithful. God has been faithful. God has been there all the time. God has been in details all the time. So God is faithful. God is faithful all the time. And that's the song I, I really love. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. When I left Sudan, uh, people prayed for me. Um, So church leaders and people, you know, were like leaders, prayed. But one lady who was not a leader was anything but from the church said, can I pray at the end? She was told, yes, you can pray. And then she said, I pray that Samuel you will find the right people all the time on your way. And that happens all the time, including all of you. <laughs> you know, so God promises are true and amen. That's why we have to believe in God promises. We have to know that when God promise, he does it because he's God and he's faithful all the time. So God promises cannot be broken. It's not like, you know, you promise this and then you say, okay, because you have done this, I changed my mind. No. So God has promised us life, eternal life. God has given us salvation. God has given us mercy through what God has done on the cross through Jesus. And we just need to believe. We just need to believe. That's why the coming of Jesus at this point, for the people who who are at this point in time knew exactly that was the turning point in their life, the turning point in the history. Because when the Messiah comes, the world is divided into before Christ and after Christ. And that's what we see. So God has promises. The Son of promises of God is shouting all the time. Even this morning, even this morning, God has promises, so many things. But we just need to believe. Just need to believe. Just need to hear, to receive, and to act on the promises of God. The promise of salvation is available to us and to everybody, but we just need to share the news. There are so many people who don't know about salvation that they can have life in Jesus, the son of the living God. So John now, in this history, in this story, he disappeared. And that's what he confirmed later. He said that I should disappear, I should decrease, that he increase, yes, yeah. And that's exactly what we see from Zechariah yeah. this morning. Are we ready to trust God in his promises? Are we ready to trust God in his word and move on in our lives day by day, even when things are difficult? Are we ready to say, Holy Spirit help us so that we remain faithful all the time? Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can trust in your promises. Lord, the promises, that you have promises before us and now and after us. We just want to believe that and and help us, Lord Father God, to have this heart of, of believing and trusting even when things are difficult. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can trust that you are faithful all the time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.